And welcome to the Venue Podcast with the caffeinated gentleman from Venue. My name is Josh. This is Podcast 27. It is June 10th, 2015, and I have some great guys with me today. I'm William Sellers. I'm Philip DiStefano. And I'm Brian Bouquois. Hi, Hi, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Nice to have you in the seat. Hey, thanks. Hi, Brian. Hello. So, tell us a little bit what you do for for Venue, Brian, since you're new to the the podcasters group. I'm a delivery services technician, and what that means is that anytime a a customer has any kind of issue whatsoever, I make sure it goes away. Nice. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So, you're you're a problem eliminator. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Terminator. For problems, yes, he is a terminator for problems. <laughs> Great, that's awesome. Well, let's let's get right into the news. Um, we've we've had a bit of a break, so I'd like to apologize to everybody for that. And what? Whose fault is that? It's yours. Jeez, I'm sorry. No, guys, it's everybody's fault. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I won't we're take a, responsibility for this. We're a team. I don't think it's my fault. No, it's not Brian's fault. Actually, <laughs> Brian's new. Um, but what we do have here is we have a couple of Apple watches in the studio. And who who has one of those? That's what I would like. I'd like to just kind of pause for a second. And Does Will let, have an Apple Watch? I, I'm going to pause yes, for a second. I do have an look. Look, I have an Apple Watch. I'm, I'm touching my digital, <laughs> digital crown. The bitterness is is strong with this one. No, no, no. It's I'm not bitter about it. I have other priorities. I'm being mm-hmm. a big boy. Mm-hmm. I'm buying a house or building a house. I'm kind of well, so is I got, Brian. That's true. Hey, yeah, that's look, true. Brian doesn't have kids in high school and driving cars yeah, and yeah, car insurance and true. all this stuff. Well, but. We do have Apple Watches, and Will does not have one, I'm just to one. clarify. I'm getting one. Eventually. And, you know, to be honest with you, I'll be getting one probably around, like, the beginning of August. Well, that's awesome. Which, no, no, which, <laughs> I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting into this ecosystem at a great time because, uh-huh. as we'll get to in the, less, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the next topic, Watch OS is coming out. So yeah, I'm getting Watch into OS 2. Watch OS 2. Thank you. I'll be getting in a great time. Well, that's awesome, but it doesn't help this podcast. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So, yes. Okay. I don't have an Apple yes. Watch. Ooh. Phil and Brian both have Apple Watches, and we want to get some thoughts on Let's take a look. how Pit- awesome they are. Wrists and up. So, you have the stainless. No, he has the stainless. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Stainless. You have the sport. I have the sport one. Brian and, has and the Brian's stainless got the good one. Because Brian's a baller, <laughs> and I'm not. Yeah. So, what's the difference? Between uh, the two, mainly just the the casings. So on, on the sport one, you have an aluminum casing, aluminum body, uh, and you also have plastic on the back. I think it's like they call it composite. Okay. And also mine has the um, gorilla glass or whatever front. And you have sapphire and right. Yours. So composite. The, right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. The back <laughs> okay. is composite. Plastic. I, I nice. don't know. Right. Nice. Um, versus the stainless has a ceramic on the back. Oh, okay. And has uh, sapphire crystal. Okay. Yep. Cool. So his will scratch much less easier than mine. So I'm trying to be really, really careful. Okay. And oh. but mine will shatter if I get. Yeah. His his will shatter more easily, and mine will scratch more easily. So. Wow. I, w- I would much rather shatter than scratch. If you're gonna just yeah get rid of it. Because if you're gonna do it, just yeah. get it off. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I will say I'm very envious, and uh, those are until now. So you guys were primarily the Android kind of <clears throat> people here. Damn. Now, not that I'm uh, saying anything. But I think uh, we've had a turn of tide from Android over to wa- Apple. Not only over to Apple, you even have the watches. Well, yeah. Now, it, and I don't criticize true. you about this. I'm not, I'm not trying to like roll you over the coals and like roll you over the apples. It sounds and, like you know, that's exactly what you're how doing. How do you like your watch? The big question that everyone wants to know is, how do you like your watch? Would you recommend it? And tell us what you think. 
Brian's had his longer than me. I just got mine on Monday, so he should probably talk more than I should. No, every make an assessment. All right, <laughs> my two day assessment. Yes. Um, the so glancing at the time, like just like putting it towards <laughs> your face, works way better than Android Wear did. Telling the time on a watch. Yeah, That's I know. A good thing. Like actually being able to look well, at the time. Yeah. It, like yeah. it actually like so it, it's really like it just knows when you're looking at it. It's kind of weird. Re- regular yeah. watches do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> regular watches are instant on. Yeah, <laughs> true. So like. I think it was like it was like 20 minutes after I got it, my dad called me, and I had a 15 minute phone conversation just on the watch. And my dad's really hard of hearing, mm-hmm. and every time I use the speakerphone on my phone, he'll be like, "Are you on speakerphone? I can't hear you." Mm-hmm. So I have to put my phone you know, up to my face, you know, like a barbarian. And uh, <laughs> but I had a 50 minute phone conversation on my watch with my dad, and he never asked me if I was on speakerphone. He never really? said he couldn't hear me. I was really impressed with that. So did you strap the watch to your face like a phone, <laughs> or how does it? I was just like talking. So really, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the microphone when you're when you're making phone calls with the watch is actually really nice. I'm not a huge fan of the speaker. It's a little low. Yeah, it is. Um, If you're in a quiet room, it's probably fine. Mm -hmm. In a car, it's a little difficult to hear. I probably wouldn't recommend doing that anyway. Yeah. Might be dangerous to do. Hold your hand in front of you. Well, I was actually Mm -hmm. when I do it when I'm driving, I I just leave it on the steering wheel. Ah. All right. So you had from there. Yeah. So you had a Moto 360, yeah, right? I did. Compare it to compare your Apple Watch to the 360. Oh wow, um, the battery life is pretty good on the Apple Watch. It's actually so. As of yesterday, which is the for my first full day of use, uh-huh. it was about the same, maybe a little bit better than Moto 360, which was which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not as customizable as Android Wear. Android Wear was really good about that. Like I made my own watch face, and with this, you know, you just pick between this. Uh, the complications or whatever yeah. that Apple has, and, and th- I mean they're and the colors. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a, enough for a watch. Yeah. But I mean it'd be cool if they would let you make your own watch faces. Well, are they doing that with the new version that's coming out that we'll get so to in a little bit with with WWDC? So you can add a photo, uh, but those watch faces that support the photos, from my understanding, just show the time and the date. They don't allow Ooh, for any complications. No complications. Right. Right. But they they are going to let developers make their own complications, but you won't be able to put it on a custom watch face. I don't think. Right. So it'll okay. only go onto the watch faces that currently support complications. complications. Okay. So well, I mean, again, guys, this this device has been out for how long? Maybe a month. Mm. Two. So you know, it's it's, it's yeah, we're, like we're really getting started here. So I think, mm-hmm. and we've got the first major software upgrade coming um, soon next month. I think in July. So I'm confident that we'll see mm-hmm. some things coming up by Christmas. We should maybe have another release or some some updates that come along. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, something else. Um, I was telling Brian yesterday that I really like the feel of the sports band. Um, it's it's you know, they, Apple yeah. calls it floral elastomer or whatever. It's rubber. Yeah. You know, and comparing it to just like my, my fitness band, like it feels so much better than that. Uh, I guess that's that's really cool. I mean, Apple, you know, they made a big deal out of using premium materials, and I don't know how the other bands feel, but Brian. So Brian has one. He I talked to talk about that. Yeah. Um, so I have the leather loop uh, as well, and uh, it's not as comfortable as the as the sport band. Uh, it is the more comfortable out of pretty much all of them that I've tried. I, you know, it's more comfortable than the Milanese loop. It's more comfortable than than all of them. Um, it does stretch a little bit as you work out with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the holes hmm. start not matching up as well as they did when I first put them on, uh, but. We'll see. So we'll I have see how a, it stands up over time. I have a friend who's got the Melanie's loop, and he said that over during the course of the day, it actually slips. The yeah. magnetic kind of slips. So you know, so it's kind of one of those things. It's like it's not the it's not a not a very grippy 
Right. So I have the same problem with the leather loop because uh-huh. it uses the same uh, magnet. The magnet mechanism. Um, so throughout the day, it'll loosen or it'll tighten. Yeah. Even. So I end up having to just pop it off. Really? And yeah. It. Mm-hmm. I, I think probably the the floral elastica, <laughs> the, the rubber. <laughs> the rubber. words, Will. Yeah, I'm just, just gonna make up words. Floral. It. I think the rubber bands are probably gonna be. They're number one. They're cheaper. They're like thirty nine yeah. bucks, yeah, they're, forty they're, bucks, they're quote bucks. unquote cheap. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're fifty bucks. And fifty bucks. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure within the next few months we're gonna see hopefully uh, some third party bands come out. Oh, they already have those. Oh, they already have those. Oh, yeah, okay. they're just not with that the made for uh, Apple Watch program or whatever. Like I found a guy on yeah. Etsy in uh, China selling uh, the adapters for twenty five dollars. And I'm kind of scared to buy one once, because I don't know the quality. Once but. you have the adapters, you can put any 22 millimeter watch band on it. Okay, right. so, so I mean, you know, I, I think in time, I mean, I think we'll have bands that are made for the watch coming. I would bet something that by the end of the year we'll have, you know, made for Apple watches that are, right, uh, bands that are going to come out with. Those all people sorts are going to have to license them, so which means they're going to be expensive, just like anything else that Apple makes, you know, like made for iPhone or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you go to the black so, market. Phil, when did you Which send me Etsy? your heartbeat? Before the podcast started. Oh, oh y'all sending heartbeats <laughs> to each other. <laughs> so the only person that's ever sent me a heartbeat has been Phil. Yeah. Well, um, I only know two people with Apple Watches, and one of them is Brian. Do you so. still have that one in the box at your desk? Because <laughs> now I'm kind of jonesing for. <laughs> well, so, so the functionality spoken for the functionality on the watch from a from an app standpoint. Mm-hmm. You guys find yourself using it for apps and and because I've got I've got the Pebble, and I think I've said before on the podcast that I don't really use it for apps anymore. I just sort of use it to tell time, and that's it. So I have a Pebble. And I'm there, I, I use it to tell time. This mm-hmm. is what I do. I have it set on a on a screen that I've got the temperature yep. and if it's raining or out or not. Yep. And the time. That's, That's I don't really run apps. If you look at the apps I have on here, I have like um, Leaf, which is for the my Nest thermostat, mm-hmm. Swarm, which is like checking in places, and that's about it. Yeah. So there are certain things that I use app wise. Uh, one of them is Dark Sky. Uh, which is a weather app. Yeah. Um, app. But using that on my watch, for example, yesterday we got that crazy weather that came through. I got a notification right before it started raining on my watch, but it wasn't a notification from my phone. It was actually dark sky itself um, saying, hey, you know, it's about to get crazy. That's cool. So the mm-hmm. integration between the apps talking to the front face of the phone works flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Back to our topic, Moto 360. You, you, if you had to put side by side, which would you pick? Which would I pick? The Moto 360 is all right. So the Moto 360 is is kind of big, I think. Yeah. But I think it still looks better. So I so, agree. So as a technology product, mm-hmm. I think the Apple Watch is is pretty, but as a watch, I think it's ugly. So it's kind of a. I don't, I don't know. A, I, I, kind, I kind of go back and forth. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I like Square. Well, I, I really, I really don't. Just, just you know, as as a person that has been into and sometimes you know still is you know into like men's clothes and stuff, I, I just don't like square watches. Fashion, yeah, fashion. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brian, tell us what do you think? Um, as as opposed to what? So, comparing to Android Wear? Or... Yeah, compared to well, so Brian had a Zen watch. See, I had a I you had, had a Zen, Zen watch. watch right. So you were running an Android based watch, correct? Yeah. Right. Was it running Android Wear? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, so Android, Android Wear, yeah, so Android Wear is the same no matter what device you have it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google actually pushes the OS updates itself; it doesn't rely on the manufacturers for it. Um, they see, I find them to be t- completely different products, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
Where was more centered around giving you updates to things that it thought you were going to do uh, with Google Now and things like that? What are you doing? I'm just tapping your watch. Put your wrist back okay. down. <laughs> <laughs> he's so jealous. He's That's touching so Brian's weird. arm. Brian, just move he's, your arm away. He's, gently, touch, he's just, gently caressing I Brian's watch don't right touch now. Just move on. Just move it. Move it away. Just move it away. Uh, whereas the Apple Watch is more see, and and the reason I went with it, uh, I'm more of a technology agnosticist, I guess, right? So I'm, ag- <laughs> I'm agnostic between my technologies, uh, whether yeah. it be you know Apple or Android or Windows, whatever. Right. Yeah, I get that. Um, but you know, going with this, the reason I went to it was because I was tired of wearing two devices. Uh, the Google Fit integration isn't there uh, on Android Wear. And, you know, the, the health aspects weren't there. So I was having to wear a watch and a Fitbit at the same time mm-hmm. versus with this, I could wear one device and it kind of encompasses all of it. Now, Phil has still got his Shimo Weibo. Well, it, Xiaomi. It lasts Xiaomi. a month. Why not? This thing literally, literally, <laughs> I just charged it for the first time in 39 days. Really? Yeah. This thing lasts forever. And I only still wear it because it's sleep trapping, sleep tracking. And I uh-huh. might, I might stop. Because I don't really need it anymore. Yeah. Now, does that just question? Does that sync over Wi-Fi, or do you have to plug it? Like, no. do you have to plug it Bluetooth? Bluetooth, Bluetooth to okay. my phone. Yeah. Thirty-nine days. Yeah, thirty-nine days. And it had, and it had seventy percent, seven percent battery life left after thirty-nine days, and it finally started telling me, "Hey, you need to charge me." Wow. It probably okay. lasts another two or three. Oh, that's cool. And the wow. thing's like, I think fifteen bucks. Yeah, on their is. website. It's fifteen dollars. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So, do you wow. think? Do you think that the Apple Health apps and things that are on the phone are going to be good enough for you for doing tracking and stuff? No, <laughs> not, just... not, not for sleep tracking. All right, oh, so the first tracking. day I wore my Apple Watch, I stand up at work. I've talked about this before <laughs> in the podcast. I stand up all day. I very rarely sit down just for a break. I sat down for like three minutes, and a minute after I sat down, I said, hey, you should stand up. You should get in your one minute of standing this hour. And I was like, hmm, okay, sure. Just ignore, you know, the standing I've been doing for the past two hours. Yeah. Yeah, and it did that again twice yesterday. And this morning while I was standing up, it told me to stand up. So I think a lot of people are having that. It's it's not very good at being able to tell when you stand up. Yeah, yeah. maybe it's That's just interesting. Jones. I've yet to actually experience that. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you stand or sit when you're at work? Well, I sit when I'm at work, but but you know I'll stand up throughout the day, and I've actually very rarely even gotten the standing notification. Hmm. So maybe it's maybe it's looking at how often you stand up and sit down, not if you're just standing. Right. So maybe if you're just standing. It may all be a day, movement thing as well. So if yeah. you like went walk around, it would probably register that as a standing. Hmm. Possibly. Yeah, probably. Possibly. I, I am I'm extremely interested to get you guys' thoughts in like a month of using the watch to see if it's more functional or less functional than other watches you've used. Because like I said, when when I picked up the Pebble, I thought for sure it would be something that I was gonna get notifications on all the time and use all these different apps. And I went obviously to the mm-hmm. Pebble store so, and pulled all kind of apps down and messed with them. And just the functionality wasn't there. It was clunky. I might as well just pull out my phone and mess with it instead. So do you use it for notifications still? Yeah. So I'll still get I'll still get texts or emails or whatever from the watch, but. Eh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really. Sometimes it helps, and other times it's well. I got to so, respond to this, so let me pull out my phone and respond. Right. So here's the thing about about smartwatches: they're not for everyone. Yeah. And if you're if you're going to buy a smartwatch, you have to go in with the understanding that you're spending, you know, two hundred to what is it now, seventeen thousand right. dollars, I guess. But realistically, <laughs> two hundred to a thousand dollars on an Apple Watch or an Android Wear watch on something that is basically just adding a small convenience to your life. It's not right. groundbreaking. It's still just a thing that gives you notifications and some maybe some fitness data. It, it's not as as life-changing, say, 
as a smartphone is. Yeah. It's just a small convenience. Yeah. And as long as you don't go in with these super high expectations that I guess Apple set whenever they introduce this thing. Right. Just go in with the expectation that it's just a, it's just a small convenience. And, and you'll like it. Yeah. I, I'm kind of like you. I really don't use my, my watch for – I like the notifications still work. And, like, when I get text messages if I'm driving, I'll glance down at my watch. Um. In terms of apps, I really don't use it. Uh, the App Store is kind of eh, not so great. Mm-hmm. Now, we're, now, just so everyone knows, we're talking about the um, first and second genera- generation Pebble. Yeah. The original Pebble and then the Pebble Steel. That's what we, you and I were using. We have, we're not talking about anything related to the Pebble at the time. Time. The time. Yeah. And which is a totally different device. And that's supposed to. They're supposed to upgrade the 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 interface and everything soon on yeah, all Pebble it, devices. It's, it's supposed. To, oh, that's right, huh? Yeah. We're, getting, we're getting updates as well. Um, so it's going to be touchscreen, mm-hmm. color. Ha, does it have a speaker and mic? I think so. Um, you know, for certain sound notification. I don't think you can take a phone call on the Pebble. Right. But anyway. So anyway, Phil, let's, is, Phil is pointing at the next topic. Let's go ahead. To let's, move on to. Because yes. <laughs> well, we're going to get back on Apple Watches just I'm a sure few bullets, we, I'm bullets sure down we later. Will. Yeah. So let's move on to the Windows 10. Yep. If you want to reserve your copy now, what yep. is this all about? So Microsoft, if you do Windows updates in the past, if you or if you have done it in the past couple of weeks, you're going to get uh, an update that installs this little Windows 10 icon in your system tray and says reserve your copy now. It's kind of annoying because it stays there, you know, <laughs> even if you do it. But um, so Windows 10 is coming out July 29th, and we uh, the basic consensus on this this update is Microsoft is trying to gauge interest in it. So it just says reserve your copy now. You go and reserve it. Just put in your email address, and it'll let you know when it comes when it's available. Um, that's really it. They, they they just you know they want to see how many people want it, and it's still free whether you reserve it or not. Yeah, it's and coming that, out. That's basically it. So the release date, as we see so far, is July twenty ninth <sighs> of this year. For so. for um for computers. For computers, right? Windows right. Windows ten mobile and anything else related to Windows ten, we believe is coming later this year. No, no Hololens yet. No. Yeah. Nothing, nothing yeah. Else. So I will say. So you've run Windows ten, the um, technical preview mm-hmm. on your on your on your device. Mm-hmm. Have you played around with it? I so, have, yeah. so most of us here, I think Josh, I have not no, hasn't. I have messed with it. How do you think? What do you think about Windows ten and what you've seen so far? I like it. I do. Um, a lot of people in the in the the Surface communities, mm-hmm. they 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 think it's like a step backwards for touchscreens, but that that's really the only bad thing I've heard about it so far. So, and yeah. actually, I will agree with that. Uh, I played with it on a friend of mine's Surface the other day, and mm-hmm. and it seemed wrong. Like you know, yeah. it didn't seem as fluid as eight and eight one did on the on the Surface device. Yep. Now on a desktop, it runs fine. I, I actually prefer it over Windows eight. Um, but on the surface with touch elements were kind of weird. So the question is, is on with Windows 10, can't you change the executive, like switch it into tablet mode? And I don't know how well that's working yet. Yeah, Mm. it's janky. So Microsoft's vision is to have one OS for everything, for for servers, uh, because I also got the 2016 developer's preview of server. Which I installed as well, thanks to you. Cool, 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 cool. I think they're trying to go with one interface. Um, 
you know, so I'd be interested to see what happens when people start actually getting it into their hands when the final version comes out, and will it be easier to switch into tablet mode? Mm-hmm. I would think it is. Cause, I mean, you still have some of the Metro interface by default when you hit the start bar. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some ways to switch it and you to can, where it's you can defaulting make, to that. And you can make the start menu full screen so it acts like the old yeah. the old start menu. So mm-hmm. that's cool. And one of, the, one of the most ridiculous things that I'm excited about for Windows 10 is that they're going to make... Um, monitor scaling independent per monitor, so like you can have mm, that's cool. You can have a 4K monitor scaled at 150% and a normal 1080p monitor just scaled at normal 100%. Because right now, if you have that, you have to scale them both the it's, same percent. So one one monitor will be small, like and one of them be giant. It's very very frustrating. Yeah, especially for your new monitor, right? Yeah, yeah. very frustrating. <laughs> so so overall, I will say. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a step forward. I mean, I, I definitely have been using Windows 8 and 8.1 for a while. Uh, when I when I get into Windows 10, and I'm just running this as a VM on my Mac, I'm really happy with it. it mm-hmm. Actually, the, the interface, especially with this latest up, update to the developers preview or the technical preview, it's really smooth. Um, you know, it runs great as a VM. So I, I think I'll be, it, and it feels familiar. It feels more familiar than Windows 8. You like familiar, familiarity, don't <laughs> I you? I like familiarity, but I like a little spice to my familiarity. So I think this is going to suffice. Cool. And and this is going to be the last version of Windows is what they're saying That's as right. well. That's right. That's right. Wait, what? So we they, talked about this once, Matt. What? I mean, Josh. Your name is Josh. My name Matt. is Josh, not Matt. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, Matt's not here right now, so. <laughs> so you have to it's, play it's dual roles. Me. Both? Yeah. You, okay. you're, just, you're, Matt you're just Matt Josh. Josh. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll take that. So, yeah, no, I totally missed this. Was this on the last podcast? I don't, I don't remember. Or, you know. Thanks, Will. Beside the point, beside <laughs> the point when was is this, um, this is going to be a big impact for the home users, the, the casual compute users. It's also going to be a big impact for the enterprise. Yeah. And when we start looking at licensing now, what's, gonna, what's the impact to enterprise? Um, so if you're, you know, your employer is running Windows on your desktop, there may be some, some incentives to move to Windows 10. Um, I also think that, uh, for the cloud hosters, it's going to be interesting. People doing VDI, virtual desktop infrastructure, that some of the licensing is changing. And I'm still kind of, I'm still, you know, getting reading some of the blogs and working with Microsoft on what's going to happen to people who are offering VDI. Uh, this may be a uh, killer, killer app for people wanting to host VDI desktops. So we'll have mm. to stay tuned with that. Very interesting stuff. And speaking of trying to unify things all together, Apple. And Apple Music was announced. What was that on the eighth? So we had something called the Worldwide Developers Conference. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that hmm. happened uh, this Monday, Whoa. which was what the eighth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Moscone Center in San Francisco, and this is where Apple comes out and is more of a developer-centric conference. So you're going to have programming languages. You know, you're going to have more um, things that are catering to the developer over at the overall conference. But the keynote is where they actually announce new technology or upgrades and so on and so forth. So we saw a lot come out with the watch. Uh, watch OS, there's been updates to that. Um, what were some of the other updates? Uh, they open source Swift. I think uh, that's the programming big. Line. Yeah, that's going to be very big. So it's going to be able to uh, work on OS ten and Linux, mm-hmm. I believe, are the only two platforms they release it on, mm-hmm. uh, or they're going to open source it on. Uh, but that's going to be huge to be able to write, you know, one code for both iOS and OS ten at the same time. I mean, that's. I think that's what got the actually biggest applause. Mm-hmm. So well, I was actually a, watching, a conference. Right. and I mean, I mean, you just heard it. You know, when they announced uh, Swift going open source. Mm-hmm. They um, announced, you know. But as Josh was saying, one of the big, what I think was a big announcement. Apple, Apple Music. Was, yeah. as you say, yes. Apple Music. Huge. 
right? It was um, now from from what I gathered, they're trying to unify radio, your iTunes account, and you know, kind of a streaming service for ten bucks a month. So it's yeah, right. So it looks like they're trying to directly compete with Spotify, RDO, yes. Google Play Music, um, all of those players, and, and also adding in a, a radio aspect with Beats One Radio. Uh, the Beats One Radio looks to be interesting, uh, but I think that's actually going to be free. Yeah, uh, from what I've seen, like there's two tiers: there's a free tier, and then there's the paid tier. And I think the Beats One Radio will be in the free tier as well. Hmm. Um, so, so I, I'm kind of I'm like you. I'm kind of interested in the Beats One Radio. It's the global radio station, right? So basically, you'll have a um, I think it does like follow the sun type of things, where you have a station in London, one in New York. And one in uh, the West Coast, right? It's LA, LA, LA yeah. in LA, right? So you've basically got a set of um, you've got three DJs that are well known in the industry that are going to be spinning tunes. They're going to be playing music. Um, so spinning tunes, spinning so tunes. Is that is that the official <laughs> lingo is, from the industry? Spin, you spin those MP3s, spinning tunes up. So okay. you'll 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 pop it on, and you'll you'll have this big community of people who are listening to music. So I think it's actually for the music industry, it's going to be really big. It's going to be great. You know, this is going to have you know this is going to be great for artists because you're going to have all these people listening. Um, One thing about it though that's going to be kind of tricky, in my opinion, is going to be they're doing like genre. You know, free, right? So they're going to be covering all genres. Yeah. You know, with no real method. I guess. This is your opportunity. I, I don't know. This is your opportunity yeah. to start listening to more world music. You can't. Well, it's not even that though. But you know, it's going to go from what Pantera to you know teeny bop music. I mean, but what, I'm okay. how's this going to work? Yeah, I'm okay you can't go with from that. like rap to country or something. Right, like I, they'd be like, oh, I don't want to listen to this. Or, but this is this is great. Channel. This is this is great for us because I, yeah. I like to have that type of you know exposure to different things. Hasn't, didn't Apple say that they're going to like try to expose new artists and, yeah. and only play music that feels good? Right. Like how do yeah. how do they Who's, determine ready, that? Is, I am is it, so ready for some feel good music. Is it going to be like just top forty? <laughs> I mean, is it going to be like top forties and like a few new artists thrown in or like but like what does that mean? We'll it, see soon. Who I mean, who is really going to listen to the radio portion of this? I mean, I would try no, it. See, that's see, that's the only thing that's actually even appealing to me. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's one of the okay. things that's actually pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, I don't. I don't listen to actual radio because I mean the quality sucks and there's mm-hmm. like way too many ads and and when there right. are ads they're just too long. Yeah. So I, I mean I, I want to listen to music. I don't want to listen to you know twenty minutes of ads yeah. per hour. So. Are we gonna have ads on the new uh, on the new? I guess not. That's huh? a good question. I mean, if they do have them, I, I would hope they really would, they're ads. short. Yeah. At least like I don't mind Spotify's ads in their free service. I mean they're they're short so. And one thing with them introducing the the new music service is they actually removed iPod from the top bar on their website. Oh. Uh, so now it's actually really deep into the, the wow. music. So hmm. and also this will be available for iOS, the Watch OS, which will be interesting, Mac, PC, and Android. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. So um, and Android will not get the three month free trial though. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. It, the free trial is only going to be for iOS. Android will not get that free trial. Huh. Interesting. That mm-hmm. is very interesting. I didn't know that. And they do have that family plan. It looked like. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's only going to be through family sharing. So if you have a family sharing account set up for apps and whatnot, to where you have to have one credit card and you have multiple Apple IDs all tied to that one mm-hmm. credit card, that's how that works. Otherwise, oh. you can't just. And I'm kind of curious how this is going to work for Android as well because I don't know how they're going to factor it. It yeah. may not work with Android. So mm-hmm. yeah. so that. 
So speaking on that, I'm I'm wondering if Apple will maybe like let let you sign into Apple Music using one Apple ID and then sign into other services on different ones because like with currently you can buy apps with one Apple ID and you can sign into Messages with a different one. Right. So yeah. I'm curious if they'll maybe let you just sign into yeah. Music with a different one because I, I I would not want to like share. Well, one credit card between me and my wife and my mom or whoever else is on my Apple account, but I, so, would, I would share the music part yeah. of it with them. So I think you have to be actually part of the family. So I use I use the family. I started using the family um, stuff here in iCloud, and it is a convenience. Um, in, but you do use one. Um, you do use one. Um, one account. Uh, one credit card. Mm-hmm. So that that has its pros and cons because and right now all I have in my family is myself, my son, my wife. If I start adding other people, I'm like you're gonna tie you're tied to my credit card. Now you have to if they want to buy something, you can authorize it or not, but it still hits their credit card. It hits your credit card that's on file. So I don't know. Um, I will say the family plan is cheaper than the yeah, current that, family plan that I'm on now. That is a great deal if it if it would work like I said. Like I was hoping just now that it would work, but if yeah. you, if you otherwise, I mean, I don't I think you so know. so talking about how the family plan works on iOS now, you do have your own Apple ID. So you have your individual mm-hmm. ID that you log into all your services and then the person who is the administrator who sets up the family plan, who holds the credit card, can invite you to their family, mm-hmm. and then you're part of the family, and you can look at other people's apps that they've downloaded and so on and so forth. Um, but you're tied to that credit card when you buy stuff. I don't know if there's a way to override that. So if it were, if music works like this, then you'll be able to just log in with your own ID, say, and you know when you log in, you'll say, hey, I'm part of the family, and you'll have access to the music app, but you'll have your own preferences and your own... right. Mm-hmm. You, do, you do have your own like separate playlist. Absolutely, right? that was actually talked about in the in the conference in the keynote yeah. that you'll have your own preferences. Nine ninety nine a month is pretty much on par with everyone else. Uh, RDO, which I think actually is a little cheaper, it's like seven ninety nine a month, um, and it's fourteen ninety nine a month for the family plan, which includes six uh, people. Right. Which is a lot. I mean, if I kind of almost want to have more, more, <laughs> I want to have more people in my family. <laughs> yeah, just that to, would just save take, you money. Just to take advantage <laughs> of the of the of the of the cheaper cost. I pay, uh, I think, eighteen or nineteen dollars a month for three um, RDO users. So this and would be useful to this you. This would be useful yeah. to save three whole dollars. If, three dollars a month. Hey, times twelve times how many years? Well, oh, see, so you, yeah. you already use family sharing though, right? So it wouldn't be that big of a deal. No. Um, but for someone like me who, you know, we have separate accounts in different, we use different, you know, logins for everything yeah. and different credit cards. I mean, that. Well, I mean, just use one credit card. So, that's, hey, that's, once you get married, it's all. It's my, scary there. I don't want to do that. My large, my, <laughs> the big looming question for me on this is how is this going to affect iTunes? How is this going to affect that's, music purchasing that's a great from question. Apple? That's a and great question. How are they, how are they, you know, rationalizing this to artists. Well, I, I think the way they're rationalizing it is, hey, you, we're not making money on this anymore. This mm-hmm. isn't making you any money. This right here will at least give you, you know, three cents per play or whatever it is. I think yeah. it's a really low number there. Mm-hmm. From what I hear... Unless you're a very popular artist. Yeah, right. yeah. From what I hear, though, I mean, people don't really make money. The artists, let me rephrase that. The artists don't really make money on streaming. Uh, and like you said, well, unless you're a mega, mega, you know, Taylor Swift or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think artists make money off of albums in general. 
artists make money Very off the tours. Touring. Yeah, that's I mean, a, that's, that's they always right. make money off their tours. That's always yeah. kind of been the case anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I absolutely agree with you on that. The the record sales have always been a way for the the labels to recoup costs of you know recording and whatnot. Yeah. So no, I agree with that. I mean, you still have you still have uh, people touring. You know, older bands. I mean, that are still out on tour. I mean, the right. Rolling Stones are still touring. Paul Gotta McCartney, make money. Still touring. Um, but I think this will be good. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how it's going to impact iTunes sales. Um, I don't think know. people really buy music as much anymore. So, so. Right, if I, think, it's, I think it's dying. So it's, I don't think it'll impact it more than it's I, already been impacted. And that's, I agree with you. And, and this, the, I don't agree. Are people really buying and paying for MP3s that they own anymore? I had, and, and we talked about this on a past podcast where I yeah. was talking about, well, you know, I'm, I've been using audio. Then I went and calculated how much money have I spent for three years using this. And I went, ooh, that's a lot of money. But then again, the benefit of having. Any artist at your just clicks, you know, taps away is so much of a, an awesome thing, and mm-hmm. especially when you tie it to things like um, Shazam, or the ability to you're walking around, you hear some sound bite that you want to know about, mm-hmm. you turn on Shazam, say hey, or Siri, and it pops up and tells you the artist, and you can click a button, and it goes right to audio, and now you can add it to your collection, and you're done. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I'm okay with just staying with that model. And you'll still be able to save stuff for offline, I believe. Right. So, yeah. So, so yeah. you won't Cash have you won't offline. have to use your mobile data or anything like that. So that's good. Yeah. So I think it's a step forward. I think Apple had to do this <laughs> because they were being left behind in the streaming Absolutely. realm. Absolutely. Right. You know, yeah. radio. What they had before was radio was cool, but didn't really know if many I people mean, were I using yeah, it. Yes, so I don't know of anyone who is actually using iTunes Radio. How many people actually know that iTunes Radio exists? I mean, it's a good I, point. I had no idea. I've never used it, and yeah. I know that it exists. Yeah. Right. So, I had it, no it's, idea. It's there. I mean, I've used it before when it first came out, but my go-to app is Audio. Yeah. See, I used it when it first came out, but Pandora was better. Oh. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right, exactly. cool. Well, um, let's shift gears from Apple Music back to Apple Watches. <laughs> our uh so our topic for today um i had a conversation with one of my good friends and we were talking about um tablets he had bought a samsung galaxy something uh last year and was extremely disappointed in the lifespan that he's gotten from it because now it's already starting to slow down and chug with the different kind of updates and different apps so I wanted to bring up this topic to all of all of you here, you tech savvy guys, and um, kind of pose the question: How fast is too fast of an upgrade? Especially now with with Apple Watches, as, as you said, Phil, earlier, kind of being an add-on to your experience and kind of a minor convenience. How long do you need to have the watch to feel like you've gotten your money's worth? For Brian, about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian upgrades his stuff a lot. Yeah, and he'll yeah. joke for our listeners. You'll sell it though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So I mean, I, usually what I'll do is I'll sell something to buy something new. So to get mm-hmm. the Apple Watch, I sold a Nexus Seven and a, an old phone I had laying around, and, Zen and, Watch. and my Zen Watch. You know, I yeah. sold three or four things to to purchase this device, and that's kind of what I do is I'll sell devices to buy new devices every. Three six months. Usually. That's a good way to do it. I wonder how much I can get from a pebble. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so, now. Hmm. So, so, so speaking, talking about upgrades, I think it's important to say that it really depends on the ecosystem for the upgrade. Like, it, how how long does like an iPad last compared to the the Samsung Galaxy tablet that you're talking about? Yeah, true. Because there are people still using iPad two. If you have so, an iPad one, like you know, you need to buy a new iPad. Right. So yeah. I I have but, an iPad two. I have an iPad two, and I still kind of use it, mm-hmm. but. It's not really usable, if that makes sense. It will. It's perfectly capable of streaming video, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what I use it for. I, mm-hmm. I let my daughter watch things on it, um, but it takes forever to pull up the Amazon streaming app. It takes forever to load mm-hmm. the video. It's just not really usable anymore. So it's slow, and it's mainly slow because the apps are taking advantage of new software plugin, new software right. APIs, new hardware that's incorporated into the device. It's still right. usable to a certain extent. My, my mom has a iPad One, which she still uses, uh, and it still works. She still it does everything that she needs. Um, but there are certain things that, you know, she um, there's applications that bark because they're not on the latest iOS. Mm-hmm. They still work, uh, you know. I'm sure she'll be getting, you know, one of our, you know, roll down iPads soon. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Does that te- how long, you know, how fast should you keep technology? I think the, the, where people spend the most money and the upgrade cycle has got to be phones. I mean, yeah. that's the well, big one. And the question is, is that going to go away with AT and T and Verizon getting rid of? Uh, oh, that's yeah, see, that's, that's, so, that's a good topic. So tell 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 everyone what's going on with that because that kind of so pardon my a, language a, sucks. AT and T and and I believe Verizon as well are are getting rid of uh, contract pricing. So you can't subsidize subsidize uh, pricing, yeah. right? So you can't go. You know, the days of going to the the store and getting a a, a smartphone for for two hundred bucks are, are disappearing. Unless you buy um, a really cheap smartphone. Well, right. Unless you <laughs> unless you go something you know cheap and unlock something along those lines. But uh, they're starting to push more to their next programs and uh, that basically where you're like leasing phones from them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, let's say it's like a, a, a rent to own type thing. It isn't is. It? It's yeah. rent to own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then so, you could trade them in for newer devices within yeah. six every six months, I think. But so how do you do? What do you you you've been you've been looking at this. And I've talk, been talking to you about buying outright versus subsidized phones. What do you think about this? Well, I think me and Phil go back and forth and, and argue about this. Uh, do I, we? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually prefer buying phones outright. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always been a fan of buying phones straight outright. I mean, it's more cost up front, uh, but then you don't get any hidden costs on the bill. So you don't have any contracts or anything like that. So. Uh, you end up paying, you know, just base for the service, and you can leave whenever you can leave whenever swap. you want. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think and this buying full price, you buy them unlocked. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So then you can just take your phones to you know T-Mobile or wherever. If you have, uh, for example, like my Nexus Six, I could take that to any carrier in the U.S. I actually do prefer buying outright. I just like the subsidized price. I mean, <laughs> I do I mean, too. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not. I, whenever I'm buy, whenever I, I'm on a contract, I have to finish out that contract, whether I buy AT and T out of my contract or or I actually go the full two years. Like it's still my phone. But it's I'm, I can't like I don't get to trade my phone in for something unless I actually trade it in somewhere. And I don't think you can even do that when you're under contract. So yeah. it, it's still my phone. But yeah. So like the whole thing that got people upgrading every two years. What are these contracts? Right, so are people? I think what led us into that discussion was: are people still going to upgrade every two years with the subsidized prices gone? Right, and 
it may be that they're going to upgrade quicker. Yeah, I think you know with the maybe. with the next with the I next think program. the next is going to be big for people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they may or may not realize the financial impact of it, but it's I so think it's going to be. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. compared just to, to grandfather able, plans. But then again, people who want to have the next phone as it comes out, when it comes out, are going to probably and I mean overlook yeah. the fact that they're overpaying. I right. can wait. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I and, and honestly. People Honestly. that know what's happening are going to wait, but mm-hmm. I think majority of people that aren't going to read the fine print are just going to go, "Oh, well, look, I can get a new one in six months. Cool, yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. that's going to be that." So yeah. when when will we see? When do you think we'll see the the next iPhone come out? Is it this year? September. So oh, they yeah. usually do like major September. upgrade, small upgrade, major upgrade, small oh, I think upgrade. It'll be you know six S or you know whatever mm-hmm. they're going to call it yeah. this time because you have the plus as well. So I don't yeah, know. I'm still. This is still a new phone to me. I mean, I have an iPhone 6 Plus, and it, it still feels like it's it's new. That's it's, until you see the new version. Right. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I guess you're right. <laughs> because Will had a 5S, and he saw the 6 Plus, and he was like, ooh. Well, the reason Apple, why. Apple this is, must have. This is why I was very envious of all of the Android folks that had nice, bigger phones with nice, beautiful screens. And now, Were you? I, I don't remember you being that envious. I remember you saying <laughs> you only really needed... The good four-inch or five-inch screen. No, no, I don't recall <laughs> saying anything about that. Um, I still really like four-inch screens. They're yeah. so easy to use, but, I mean, you just can't get them anymore. No. So, but they hook oh well. it, it's, it's funny, because, and what I do is I have, a fa- you know, I have three people on my plan. So what we normally do is someone always, someone, I don't know who, always gets the new phone as they come out because we, 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 we roll through our contract. Will said Will he steal- gets always yeah. the new phone. Yeah. <laughs> but, Will steals um, his upgrades from his son is what he's saying. <laughs> I do, I do. But it may be now that we just kind of bite the bullet and pay for the well, full price of the phone, which is going to hurt. But not being in a contract, you know, may just make sense. Well, so know? there's there's some talk of like modular phones and and swapping out parts and pieces. Would that be something you guys would be interested in? Project kinda? Ara. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a technology that I think is really cool. Um, I think it's still five years out before it's actually mainstream. You know, with all the modules you would want, uh, I think the first modules are going to be very underpowered and very. Expensive and bulky. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> but is it going to be? So I, I like to I like to kind of compare it to like the PC building space. You don't get everybody just building PCs. Right. You know, is that what this is? Is this going to be sort of a, um, a non-mainstream thing all the way through, and people are just going to have to bite the bullet and buy full-cost phones when they want to upgrade? I think it's going to be that yeah. way for a while. Yeah. I think the modular phone, like Brian was saying, is still a ways out for it to be yeah. as easy as people. I don't want think it that to would be. ever be popular. So. Like we said in the last podcast, I recently built a PC, and one of the things I was realizing while I was doing this was if I wanted to build a really small, compact PC, I could do that, but it would not be as small as like the the HP Stream or a Mac Mini or any of the other small desktop form factors. So if you really want that, you have to go out and buy that from a manufacturer. And with a phone, I think compactness is really important, like much more important than it is in a desktop computer. So mm-hmm. are people really going to want to buy these parts and they're like a little bulky cell phone and, and where do you keep the ones so. you're not using yeah right so yeah. that's another thing that yeah. sell them on swapo <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've never sold anything on swap i've always gone to gazelle i need to try swap it i tried swap it because of brian yeah and actually it actually worked out i don't i don't like the the way that they charge but i think whatever, i have an it account i just haven't sold it i think the next thing i'll sell i'll try on swapo the yeah. thing I like about Gazelle is just there's no questions asked. Well, you're just you. selling it straight to them, too. You're not selling yeah. to a person. You don't right. get as much for it. You don't get as much for it, but it's no hassle at all. You you get the box, you put your phone in the box, ship the box, you mm-hmm. wait. 
maybe a week and they send you a check. Or I sold them a broken 3GS before. Like they bought broken phones for like 15 bucks, and I was like, okay. Well, it's 15 this, bucks. It was literally like like my niece had left her old phone like out in the rain, and it it was it was gone. I need to go look through and so see if I have any old, bucks. Got old a stand junk up notification. <laughs> stand well, up. stand up, Brian. All right, I have to, I have to stand up. We'll see you to... in a minute. Oh, wait a second. Okay. So it told you Talk to you stand later. up, but not you. Did, did you get one? Uh, let's see. No, I got a missed phone call, a voicemail, a text message, and an email. No stand up notification. Wow. Brian is huh. now standing up. Yep. He is now going to do jumping jacks yep. to satisfy his Apple movement request. There Brian, he goes. Brian is running around Real the studio time. right now. Yep. He is. He's waving his hands. I gotta. I gotta make sure it counts. <laughs> so the question, the big question for today's topic is how you know is it moving too fast? And yeah. yes, it is. And I'm happily moving with spending fine with spending money on keeping it moving too fast ah, because see. we, as most people, most people in the room here, all of us in the room are technology people. We're we're, we're sucked into this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. For us, I don't think it moves too fast. I think it moves interestingly enough, fast enough. Mm-hmm. But for the for the people out in the world. Um, you know, it's probably moving a little too fast. I mean, I'm sure if you ask the person on the street, hey, you know, is your phone, are you happy with your phone? They probably will say yes, but I wish I had yeah. X. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cost is there. They are expensive to upgrade. It so. is really expensive. So, like, like you and I were talking about, like, checking out Cricket and stuff. And, and yeah. if I were to, whenever my contract is up, I, I might actually go to Cricket because even buying a, a phone full price, it'll be uh, it'll be cheaper than I was paying on at t Yeah. Uh, Cricket is a very interesting service. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cricket is, is a they're they're under the AT and T. They're in VNO. They're in VNO. AT and T service. The only the only caveat with Cricket is their cap the the downstream speed is capped at eight megabits a second, which yeah. is plenty fast enough for a Do phone. Do you get right. unlimited or is it? I think I think it's technically unlimited, but I think it's the same thing that T Mobile does. It's, it's, it's like it's, it's unlimited just, to a certain point. Like yeah. The, yeah. like so then, like yeah, their cheapest one is like two point five gigabytes, which honestly I, I've only gone over that like one or two times in the past year. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, my friend Serge has is, is on cricket, and he's pretty happy with it. And he's traveled yeah. out of the country with it. He says, "Look, it's, it's, it works. It's mm-hmm. just like I'm on AT and T. It's so cheap." He's not a big. I don't think he's a big data user, so mm-hmm. I don't know how it impacts him. But um, yeah, I, don't I mean, know. so I, I was sitting outside the other day on my phone, and I was like, "Hmm, let me check how fast the internet is here because it's working pretty good. And it was like nine megabits, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so if I was on cricket right now, it'd be basically this fast." You know, it's funny. So, it's it's funny when we say, "Oh, it's only nine megabits." Because I mean, I just look back several, you know, several years ago. It's like that's when we were getting to our PCs over a wired network. It was gonna, like ten you're megabits. Date yourself. Let's no. not talk about the past. It was those were dark ages. <laughs> those were bad and, times. And now, you know, when I pull out, when I do a speed test uh, from LTE, I'm getting like mm-hmm. forty-five megabits down on my phone. I I can still remember dial, dialing into the internet and having that call wave thing that you had to pay a dollar for that people could leave messages for you. So oh, like yeah, you didn't yeah, miss yeah. phone calls yeah. while you were using the only phone line. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, 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 wow. That's, 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 okay, so before we, we get too <laughs> off the rails, let's shut this thing down. All we're right. we're going to answer. Is, so we have, should we just bypass the is cloud the answer question? Well, yeah. Yes is the answer. So that was that was the, the kind of the final point of this was, you know, is, is creating – kind of a cloud platform where you can stream this stuff to hardware and you don't have to yeah, buy you your hardware. You just have dummy hardware. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cloud is the answer, but always carry a thumb drive. 
Yeah. Well, right. So, I mean, I, so tying into that, Google recently did Google Photos, the Lightning Store un- unlimited yeah. up to 16 yeah. megabit photos in the cloud. So, if you have a 16 gigabyte iPhone or an 8 gigabyte phone or whatever, mm-hmm. you don't have to upgrade your hardware to run out of space. That's true. True. So, That's true. And iOS 9, they're supposed to be reducing the footprint it takes to install it to, I think, a gigabyte. Yeah, uh, down from like four. Yeah, a gig and a half. Oh, from was it like, four or eight? It was. It was four. Four. four okay. It was yeah. ridiculous for a 16 gig phone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so cloud is the answer then, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Well, let's um <laughs> let's shut it down. Um you can find us at uh, venue.com. Uh leave comments on our blog. Phil has a couple of great articles up on the blog right now. Thanks, Josh. Good stuff. I yeah. worked I worked long and hard on those. They're, I appreciate you guys reading them. They're really awesome. And leaving, and leaving comments. We really like comments on the blog. We do. We do. They're really awesome. You should leave comments. Um, we love ratings and reviews. Rate us. I'll take any rating. Any any at all. Any rating. Going well, once. I'm going to go rate us. No. I think I actually did rate us once. We make, this, best. We make okay. this joke every time. We do. We yeah. should probably Let's retire. Move on. Let's retire this <laughs> joke. Let's move on. Uh, we'll fi- you can find us on iTunes and now Stitcher. Uh, we do yeah. have an account up on Stitcher for anybody that's not using uh, iTunes and wants to use a third party. You search for Venue Solutions venue or solutions. just Venue. Uh, there's not many artists out there with Venue, so yep. it'll pop up and then you can subscribe. Fantastic. And check us out on uh, Venue.com. And we will see you guys next week. Next week.